we got a real serious deal going on around here at the church. And when I say serious, I'm, I'm not just um, I'm not just playing when I say that because I'm all the time goofing off about serious stuff, you know, such as, you know, it's going to get pretty serious. Uh, this whole capture the flag thing will probably be pretty serious. Somebody will probably get hurt. Um, but for real, uh, one of the what's well, huge, huge deal right now. Um, we we desperately need to pray for Dylan Brown, um, and uh, everybody in here knows Dylan uh, for the most part. Dylan, associate pastor here at the church, he does youth on Wednesdays. Uh, Dylan is a huge, huge help to me. He's a huge asset to the church. Um, just a lot of a lot him and him and Tori are are just phenomenal people they're both extremely young and God's using them and uh they just found out uh they're having their fourth child um and you know uh in the midst of all that Dylan has been having uh headaches and uh, for like the last week or so he's had some real bad headaches and um all in all Dylan is they have determined that Dylan has a a skull lesion uh, slash tumor behind his right eye. And what that is doing is it's putting this abnormal amount of pressure on his eye, and his right eye is actually turning in right now. And so he's having to wear an eye patch. And uh, just to be able to try to function. Now, he's not functioning at all. Uh, he didn't sleep any last night. Um, tried to take a bunch of shades. He's got a major, major headache that just will not go away. And um, so um, D- Dylan's not one of them. Dylan's not sickly. You know, he's not one. I mean, you, everybody in this room can count on their hands uh, how many times Dylan Brown's missed church in four years at this church. On one hand, uh, in four years. It just, it's not a thing. Not, not that uh, not that it wasn't something scheduled. So it's just, it's a really big deal. Really, really big deal. One, um, it's a terrible place to have to work on. So, so we're just praying that it doesn't require an operation of some kind. Because that is a terrible place to have to try and go and work on a tumor. Uh, that close to, one, that close to the brain. And then one that close to the eye. And um, so... Um, we need to pray, and uh, man, I, I'd love for us just to, if we could, uh, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, then that's fine, but I, I wouldn't mind getting these altars and just asking the Lord for, for Dylan. Um, he's, he's um, man, he, he needs all of us to get serious calling out on the Lord. Um, he's, um, he's got a neurologist appointment, Lord willing, either Monday or Tuesday. They hadn't got the confirmation yet. But uh, at Emory, uh, but uh, the doctor did put somewhat of a rush on it yesterday at Tanner uh, because it was a uh, because it was such a serious deal. Um, so Tori's, uh, you know, she's pregnant and, and she's not that far along, but uh, her being pregnant, you know, uh, there's a lot of strains that can go on there that uh, we. You know, that could cause, it could even cause issues there. So, 
we, we just want to pray and, and ask for God to give them peace. I know Dylan trusts the Lord, uh, but Dylan, uh, this will be one of the most... Um, this would be one of the most fearful times for him. I, I know it would be me, right? How many of you understand? I, I mean, you, you should know by now. Like, when I say this, I really mean I'm not scared to die. Like, I'm actually perfectly fine dying. I'm not trying to speed up the process, though. Amen. Amen. Uh, I would. I. I mean, weird as it sounds, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing my kids raise kids. I mean, that's just you know, it's kind of where I'm at in life, and. Um, so I don't really want to go uh, if I don't have to. So I don't. I don't really have a problem with with dying at all. I just, you know, I'd be nervous too. I'd be really nervous as well. Um, we we want to pray that it's not cancerous, right? We want to pray that that whatever that is uh, wouldn't be cancerous, and that we're not dealing with something way out of the realms of possibilities of of it of it being. Uh, of it being inoperable or incurable or anything like that. Um, again, D Dylan's been faithful. Tori's been faithful to this church. Um, extremely faithful. Uh, one, it does, this does two things to me. It, it makes me realize that a lot of my problems are minute. Amen. I'm not, I'm not going to Emory next week and having an MRI that a neurologist has got to look at to decide where I'm going to be what I what my next step is right um and then two it just really makes me thankful that uh you know I, I was already talking to Daniel uh there's about some holes that's got to be filled immediately that Dylan um Dylan is a huge part of and uh so I'm really grateful for them and, and what they do and their faithfulness to this church um and you know what they need us to be faithful to to them right now they need us to be faithful to call on the Lord. And uh, so we're, we want to do that this morning. We want to get serious. Uh, one of our brothers is in bad shape, and, and he's literally in tears right now um, because he can't stand the pain from the headache. And <clears throat> it, it ought to it move us a little bit uh, to be able to, to find an earnest heart and an earnest prayer for somebody that really is a soldier. He's not some make-believe something or other. He really is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Like, it, like he ain't putting on. He's made his manner of life well known. And we, we, we need the Lord, we need the Lord to heal one of the the soldiers, the big ones in our church, the the commanders, right? We we need that, and so uh, let's 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 pray, let's ask the Lord and get serious. Don't just come up here with some. Look, if you need to confess some sin before you get this thing started, go for it. If there's something in your heart you need to confess to the Lord, then then do that. Get that right. Don't come up here with an impure heart and. Asking a bunch of selfish, vain junk, um, but let's let's get serious. Not listen. We're not doing this for Dylan Brown. Ultimately, this is for the glory of God. This is 2023. There ain't many 25-year-old soldiers left. 
The only way they're the only way they're they're coming around is they're made. They don't just pop up. They're made, and it takes years to make them like him. And so I, you know, it would break my heart to lose one of them. It would break my heart to see him sidelined because of this too for any amount of time. And so we just want to ask the Lord to to touch it and uh, for God to to bless it. Amen. All right, let's do that. Let's. If you would, maybe we'd just gather around these altars. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. You can pray in your seat. Nobody's going to make you do anything. Uh, but if you if you want to, uh, I'd invite you. I'd invite you to do that. And um,
thank you for praying with us. And uh, and I hope you'll keep praying. I hope you'll get serious about that and pray. Get serious with the Lord and ask God to do again. again I don't know. I know God took me and my wife through a lot to get us to where he wanted us to be. He took us to a graveyard to, to bury Woodrow when neither one of us knew uh, which way was up. He took us through a lot of fighting and fussing and bitterness and wrath to get us to One Baptist Church on a Wednesday night where Mark Trotter would preach to me and her for the very first time in person. He took us through all of that to get us to where we are today. And look, I don't want to go back through it. But I, I do have enough spiritual sense to realize that God could just be working to take him to another place. And it's up to us to, to step in and bear him up so he can sustain being taken to another place. Amen. Hey, are you in Hebrews chapter 11? <clears throat> Um, we're going to talk this morning uh, about Moses, specifically one thing that Moses did in his life that particularly made it into Hebrews chapter number 11. Now, for those of you that don't know, the context of, of Hebrews is uh, that the book was written to Hebrews, <laughs> Amen. Um, that the book was written to Hebrews. Now there, there's a there's a there's a little bit of a clash in uh, where people put this book and to whom it's specifically written to. While there is much application to be made to the Christian uh, in our day in the book of Hebrews, there would there would be some people that would disagree with that, and there would be some that would agree with that. And so I'm not here to debate where Hebrews fits in the realms of our theology. What, what, I, what I do want to uh, get you to understand, for, for the sake of context, when you look at Hebrews, you look at Hebrews chapter number 11, it's what we, what we oftentimes refer to as the great chapter of faith or the great hall of faith. That when you, when you look in Hebrews chapter number 11, there is a lot of, there's a lot of action that happens in Hebrews chapter number 11 that are directly, that God approves, that is directly tied to actions that took place in faith. And, and, and Hebrews chapter number 11, and I, I think it is in verse 6, and we're going we're gonna to get there in a few minutes. Uh, we'll hit this verse again because I want to make a, a point to you. But Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says that without faith, that it is impossible to please God. That there is, there is within, uh, within our wheelhouse, we have the ability to do right things that aren't pleasing to God. 
Now, it's a little crazy when, when you think about it, but, but it all does go back to motive. It all does go back to motive and why you're doing what you're doing. You say, well, I do right things because they're right things to do, but at the end of the day, are those right things directly tied back to your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are they directly tied back to who you are in Christ? Now, I want you to look at verse number 23, Hebrews 11. In verse number 23, with the context set of, of uh, the things that are done in faith, look, look what the Bible says. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing... Rather to, uh, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasure, the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. Verse number 27, the Bible says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned. Now, when, when I, I, I want to specifically hone in on verse number 27, and I'm going to give you some principles this morning, but I want to specifically hone in on verse number 27, the Bible says, By faith, by faith he forsook Egypt. By faith he forsook Egypt. This is Moses. By faith Moses forsook Egypt. Now why is that such a deal to understand? Well, I want to give you a couple of things this morning. And I want us to look at what, what Egypt is biblically. I want to look this morning, I want, to, I want to define for you exactly what Egypt is biblically. I think your next blank, I'm not sure, but I think your next blank, uh, you're going to find, we're going to look at these verses, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer, it's bondage. It's bondage. E Egypt biblically represents bondage. Look in, uh, look in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. Exodus chapter 6, he says, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. Now Exodus 12 gives us a little bit of understanding. There's 430 years of this bondage. The Israelites are in bondage for 400 years. Look at Exodus chapter 13 and verse 3. Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage. Now there is, there is a label that is given directly to uh, a, a label that is given directly to Egypt and the Bible calls it the house of bondage. It is the home. I, I want you to, I want you to Jot this down in your mind, maybe underline that phrase. This is the home of bondage. This is where bondage lives. This is the place to where bondage has made its habitation. Where is that? It's Egypt in your Bible. 
Egypt chapter, I mean, Exodus chapter 13 and verse 14. By the by uh, by strength of the hand, by strength, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage. So it is the place where bondage lives. It is the place that bondage has made its home. Okay? Egypt is that place. Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 33. That brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So he brought them out of the house of bondage, the land of Egypt, the place where bondage lived, to be, to be your God. Now I, I want you to I want you to listen when I say that to be your God. So so he brings us out from under bondage to be our God. And and, and there's a lot of people and, and even us at times in the church associate being a follower of Jesus Christ, being somebody that has given themselves wholly to following the Lord, or maybe you're contemplating that idea of following the Lord. The, 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 what, what we've done is we've, we've placed a connotation on following the Lord, and, and it's no longer coming out of the land of Egypt, coming out of the house of bondage. But we come to the Lord, it's for a lot of people... It seems as one of those things as I'm coming under the hand of bondage. Does that make sense? I, I want you to see that. I, I want you to make sure that you get that. I, I brought you out of the land of Egypt to, to be your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And, and the negative side is the house of bondage. The positive side is to set you free. So when I when I come from the house of Eve, the house of bondage, I'm actually, when I go to God, I'm being set free. Does that make sense? Look, look, I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 23. And he brought, us, he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. He brought us out. Now, now this is where we got to tie this whole thing. He brought us out that he might bring us in. He brought us out from the house of bondage that he might bring us in to the fellowship that he, that he so desires now, now we know in, 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 in the, what what uh, what this is, uh, the land of Canaan. It is a land that the Israelites didn't work for. It's a land that these Israelites had no preparation. God already prepared it. God already got it ready for them. It was God's place that he wanted to take them to. And I want you to make sure you get this. When God brings you out of the house of bondage, his intention is to bring you into somewhere that's already been prepared for you that you don't have to work for. There is no bondage there. There is no walking in the way that God's called us to walk. It's not a work. What is it? Well, the Bible tells us this is an abiding. I don't work to produce fruit. I abide. I don't have to work to produce the fruit that Jesus Christ wants me to produce. Does that make sense? I mean, I think sometimes we get our wires crossed, and you think if you work a little bit harder that you're going to produce more good stuff. That's, that's not true. Why? Because if you don't abide in the vine... For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Your, your, your abiding is what produces fruit, not your work. You, you, don't go to the, you, don't, you don't go to this garden and work and think you're going to produce anything. What do you do? You abide on the vine. 
If you abide in me and I abide in you, the same bringeth forth much fruit. I, so, I, so make sure you get this. God brought us out of the house of bondage that he might bring us in. What did he, what did he want to bring us into? Well, he said, I come to give you life. And then you might have life more abundantly. Now, I, there, there is no doubt that many of us in this room have forsook Egypt. We have forsaken the, <clears throat> the old ways of the world. We have put off the new man, as Ephesians would say, which is corrupt according to the disciple lust. We put a lot of that stuff off. We put off the old man with his deeds. I found that we struggle to keep putting it off. We struggle to, to, to with it. We, we, we have this idea that we've forsaken our old ways. Man, we've done this. We have forsook Egypt. We've come out of Egypt. We come out from under the house of money. But there is a part two here. You can come out from under the house of bondage. You can come out of Egypt, the world, and not go in. There's plenty of people caught right in the middle. And you know what? They're not happy in the world. And they're not happy in the church. They're not happy around the things of the world because they know they're wrong because you have indeed put off the old man and you got this spirit living on the inside of you now and you've got the spirit of God that's dwelling inside of you and you've been bought with a price and you're not your own, therefore glorify God with your body. That's what you know that and you understand that, but you hadn't been brought in yet. And this being brought in business is what you so desperately want. But, but because you won't take the step to get in. Ten times out of ten. Egypt isn't a do and don't thing. There's not a list of rules. Ten times out of ten. There's not a list of rules that you can comply with. I, I was I was witnessing to 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 a younger girl don't know nothing about the Bible, and and I and and she actually uh, comes up to me after talking about some things and um and and she says so you you was talking about that being a good Christian is there a list that you could give me now, now this is a lost person. But she's, she's categorizing things that there is a list somewhere that if I can get my hands on this list, I'm going to know how to be a good Christian. And she said, can, can you give that to me? And I'm like, well, no, no I, don't, I don't think I can. She's like, why can't you give that? Because there is no way to list it. There's no way to give you a list. Of why? Because it isn't a list. Of, it starts in the heart. It starts in the heart. Egypt is a picture of the world. And I want you to understand this. Egypt will always have a pull on your life. Egypt will always have a pull on your life. You'll never get away from Egypt. You'll never get away from the pull of the world. It'll never happen. You'll go somewhere and it'll pull. You'll do something, you'll hear a song and it'll pull. 
You'll be around people and you'll it'll pull. You're around, you'll be around a certain person here and a certain person there. Listen, the pull of the world's real, man. It's real for pastors. It's real for for it's real for ministry leaders. It's real for it's it's real for people that are being discipled and people that have been discipled. The people that are discipled. It is real all the way around. The devil's real, man. Pharaoh, the 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 prince, uh, the king of Egypt. He's real, and he's always making a play. He's always making a play for your life. He's all, and look, and, and, and that's why God's called us to be vigilant. That's why God's called us to be sober. That's why God's called us to have a sober mind and have a vigilant spirit that we would see the the pull of the world and the play of Satan on our life. And here it is. The problem is not forsaking Egypt. Because that's easy. It's forsaking Egypt every day. It's forsaking Egypt every single day of our life. And here it is. The pulls and the plays that come in your life, they'll always come to your heart. They'll always come to your heart. They'll never, come, they'll never start anywhere but in your heart. Why? Because Jesus made the, made, the, made the truth plain. That what you treasure is essentially where your heart is. That the, the truth and the practicality of the statement where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. Now I know what it's talking about. We're talking about the context of money. But it makes the principle no less true that that wherever your treasure is, there your heart goes. And the devil's always trying to make a play on our life. And he's trying to do it by the pull of the world. So how do we keep forsaking Egypt? How do we keep turning our back on the world? How, 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 do, how do we keep doing that? Why? What's wrong? What is wrong with the world? Well, there's a lot of things wrong with the world. And we don't have time to get into all that's wrong with the world. But let me tell you the reason why. I'll tell you the, the, the main reason why you turn your back on the world and you keep forsaking Egypt. You ready? It's real simple. Because a man that won't, James said, is unstable in all of his ways. Because James said that the double-minded man, the man with two minds, and I've said this a thousand times right here, and you know, you know what I have to, I, the reason I say it so much is because I rehearse it in my own mind so much. Lee, if you have a double mind, the Bible said that you were going to be unstable in all of your ways. Like, what is all of my ways? All of my parenting ways, I'm going to be unstable. All of my ways as a husband, I'm going to be unstable. All of my ways as a provider, I'm going to be unstable. All of my, if my, if my mind is double, if I have a, mind, a double mind, what is a double mind? It's two minds. A double-minded, a man with two minds, a man with, that has a mindset on the world, one mindset on the world, and another mindset on God, another mindset on Jesus Christ. If he has those double minds, here it is, you can't please God and please man. 
And so God makes it plain that if you're going to do that, then your life, your life will be a bed of quicksand. There will be no stability. There will, it, what will it be? It will be unstableness in everything that you do. Your finances will be unstable. Your relationships will be unstable. Your friendships will be unstable. Your, your, your marital relationship, your, child, your children, all of that will be unstable. You say, why? Because God's true. And here it is. Let God be true and every man a liar. Like we could just believe God and change our life. See, you can't love God and love the world at the same time. And, and Moses knew that. Moses made a choice. And he made a choice to world and your choices you ready your choices will affect today they're going to affect tomorrow and they're going to affect eternity he made a choice he made a choice to forsake Egypt and his choice landed him right here in Hebrews chapter number 11 now I, I, I want you to look what what was the basis by and, and man we got we got to hurry uh we're nowhere near where we should be. Uh, what was the basis behind Moses' choice to forsake Egypt? Now I want you to look at that. Uh, by faith. By faith. Moses made a choice. You ready? By faith. His choice was based on faith. Does that, does that make sense? A lot of times we make choices based on things we see. Right? We make choices based on things that we can tangibly touch. We make choices based on our own uh, deductions of, of, of everything in life. We do a real good job at looking out for who? Us. And here's Moses. Moses is not looking out for Moses. Moses is looking out for God. Moses is looking out for the one thing that God had called him to. Alright? Here it is. Look, look, look what it says. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith. Now this is the definition we always say it right here, we're going to let the Bible define the Bible. Now faith is, doesn't say it might be, it says what it is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now you look that word substance up in your Bible and you're going to find it, it's translated uh, four other times in your Bible. But two of the, of the, of the, uh, of the other three that it's translated is in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 14 and then 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 17. And this word substance is translated as confidence. It's translated as the word confidence. Well, what does that mean for me and you? Well, there's a real good chance that it has a whole lot to do with the faith being our confidence in God. Now, now, what's interesting is this was Moses. Moses had faith. He had confidence in God in the evidence of things not seen. Now, evidence is proof. How many of you understand that you don't get convicted without evidence? Well, most of the time. Unless you're, uh, I don't know. We, we don't need to get into all that. But, Most of the time, you need evidence to convict a man, right? Well, Moses is saying, my faith is my, is, is my confidence in God in the evidence of things 
not seen. Now, now this is evidence of things not seen yet. So it's the evidence of things that I haven't seen yet. Does that make sense? So, so make sure you get it. Moses, he forsook Egypt. But he didn't just do it with blind, a blind forsaking. He didn't blindly forsake Egypt. He didn't just one day up and say, oh, I'm going to forsake Egypt. Now, now here's what I'm going to say about that. You can do that and, and, and you, you can blindly forsake Egypt and you will be no better for it other than a good moral, a good, a good moral compass. Okay, let me, let me illustrate like this. You're looking at me like a calf staring at a new gate right now. You can blindly forsake Egypt because, it, because it's the right thing to do. And at the end of the day, it do nothing for your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Does that, does it, oh, does that resonate a little bit? So, so we've, been teaching, we've been teaching for years that we need to forsake the world and we need to get away from the world. We need to do this. We need to do that. But what we, what we forgot to do was he brought us out to bring us in. So we're real good at preaching we need to forsake the world, forsake the world, forsake. Man, we got to get out of the world. We got to get, get away from the world. But, but, but the other side of this coin is we, we don't just get out of the world. We go into something else. And so, so here Moses is, and he is forsaking the world but he's not just forsaking the world because he knows it's the right thing to do. He does it by faith. Now I want you to look. There's, there's a few things we can look at this morning. Number one, forsaking Egypt is a matter of confidence in God being stronger than to pull this world's pleasures. Forsaking Egypt is always a matter of confidence in God being stronger than to pull this world's pleasure. So, so, so here it is. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. According to Romans 10 and verse 17. The first step in forsaking the world is to do it by faith. If you're going to forsake the world, it's going to have to come at the expense of faith. And your faith only comes at the expense, you ready? Of the very words of God. There is no faith building outside of the word of God. How do you know that? That's what the Bible teaches. I'm not telling I'm not I'm telling you that all of the all of the things outside of the Bible that you would say would increase your faith are fine and dandy if your faith is growing in the word of God. How, why, why would you here it is. Faith cometh by what? And hearing by the what? The word of God. So if we're, if we're going to get real serious about this and we want to forsake the world and we understand that it's going to come every single day, then it's going to come at the expense of me diving off into the word of God head first so that my faith can increase in, an, in a way, in, in a way that, will, that will produce a desire in me to forsake the world. 
For me personally, uh, that Hebrews 11 and verse 6 is the scariest verse in the whole Bible. Why? Because I'm really worried that there's been a lot of things I've done in my life that just, in the name of doing right, that didn't have anything to do with pleasing God. Like, like I, I just don't know how many things I... Why? Because he said, without faith, it's impossible. Now, now I've, done a lot, I've done a lot of right things, but I don't know how many of those things... I don't know how much of me raising my kids I was trusting the Lord by faith for. I mean, what, you say, well, that, that's, that's stupid. They're, you know, they're, they're pretty good kids. Man, remember, we're all going to the judgment seat. Everybody remember, we're going to the judgment seat, right? Dude, that's not going, that, that ain't going to be, oh, they turned out good. That's not what's going to happen there. That's not what's going to happen. No, that's not what's going what, to, what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to be, I mean, I'm going to be judged based on my faith. Why I did what I did, and, and so I, I say this, I want to please God, and the thought of doing something for God and not pleasing God, man, that's just scary to me. Maybe it ain't to you. Maybe that, those are some of the little things that, that, that keep me up at night. Those are the things that make me dig deeper. Those are the things that make me study harder. Those are the things that make me search my heart harder and ask myself the hard questions and, and, and ask myself, All right, is this really pleasing God or is this pleasing Lee? Is this really, is this the right thing to do or is this... Is this, pleasing, uh, is this pleasing to the Lord? So any decision you make to please God has to be from the foundation of the Word of God. Amen? Okay. Uh, number two, number two, look, look at number two. Forsaken Egypt is a matter of having a fearless example in your life that's already did what you needed to do. Forsaking Egypt is a matter of having a fearless example in, life, in your life it's already did what you needed to do. Now, I want you to look. You need, you need to get this. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Go with me up to verse number 23. Look at verse number 23. If you, if you have your Bible open, phone, whatever. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, how many of you remember what happened when, when Moses' parents hit him? Uh, they, they hit him, the Bible says, by faith. They, they took Moses, and we don't have time to go back through all this, but they took Moses and put him, uh, put him in the bulrushes in a, in a little, uh, what we would call like a bull boat that they made. The Bible says they pitched it in and out, and so this thing would float. Well, the river that they put Moses in was an alligator-infested river. So by all practical purposes, there is no reason that Moses should be alive. Moses should have been served up on that little life raft that day. That's what should have happened. That's what should have. But you ready? They were not afraid of the king's commandment, so they hit him for three months. He gets old enough, and then they ship him out in that. They ship him out in that little life raft. Now, why, why, would, why would I say all that? Here, here's what I'm telling you. Moses had parents who were fearless. And you know what it did for Moses? Moses, by faith, not fearing the wrath of the king, forsook Egypt. 
Now, it sounds a whole lot like what his mom and dad did. It sounds like he had examples. And here's what I would say to that. There needs to be some parents that set some examples. That we're not afraid of the king's commandment. That we're not afraid of Egypt. That we're not afraid of what the world is going to do to us. That we're not afraid. And so what do we do? We set the example. We're bold. We set the example that we're fearless. Why? Because we can be fearless by faith. We can be fearless by faith. We should set the example. Guess what? The, the, the people in this church, you should set the example that you are fearless and you have forsook the world. Why? So other people can come behind you and say, man, if they did it, I can do it. You ought to be the... Listen, I, 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 I want to have friends that I know ain't scared. They're not scared of Egypt. They're not scared of the king's commandment. Why? And, and guess what? Man, that don't do nothing but fuel me. That don't do nothing but fuel me. And, and listen, when I, when I talk to people that I know that, 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 are, that are fighting this battle with me, that are fearless in forsaking Egypt, man, it does something different to me. It does something different to me. Man, when, when everybody in this church got sold out, the discipleship was the way to go. And they were like, man, that's what we got to do. And, and everybody gets on the same page. Man, we don't care what happens. We're, 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 this is what God showed us. This is what we got to do. Let's go. And everybody buys into that right there. Man, there ain't hell nor, nor the grave can stop you then. There'll be children that come through this church that don't have parents that have forsook Egypt. And they're going to need a friend that can show them how to forsake it. There's going to be people in that youth group and they're going to come through that youth group and, and they don't have other friends that have forsook Egypt and they're going to need people in that youth group that have forsook Egypt. They're going to need people that are fearless and by faith they say, man, I, I'm not, no, we're not doing that. No, we're, we're not going there. No, and here it is. Some people just need be bold as lions. And take a stand. Take a stand, man. You said, what, 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 do you think it's that big of a deal? Here's what I think. I think Moses looked back at his mom and dad. If they can do it, I can do it. I hope my kids look back at, at, at me and my wife and said, man, if they can do it, I can do it. Man, if they trusted the Lord when they didn't have anything, if they can do it, I can do it. They witnessed the people that didn't want to be witnessed to. They, they trusted the Lord when, when nobody else was trusting the Lord. If they can do it, I can do it. Why? Well, because the outcome. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? Because the outcome. The outcome is always greater than the trial. Number three. Let me give you number three. Forsaken Egypt is a matter of refusing to be labeled something that you are not. Look what Moses says in, in verse number 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses knew that he wasn't Egyptian. He wasn't an Egyptian. He didn't look like an Egyptian. 
He didn't, he didn't act like an Egyptian. And he refused to be called an Egyptian. He knew that he wasn't that and he refused to be labeled amongst Egyptians. He refused to be labeled amongst the world. Listen, here's, here's where we are. We're in a world that wants to label everybody. They want to make sure that we can get a label on people and we and look, you can't you can't be ashamed of that label. You can't be horrified by that label. You, well, people are just who they are. Here, here's what I want to say. It's okay for you not to identify with the world. It's okay for you not to approve the things of the world. Well, you have to be all inclusive. No, you don't. Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't all inclusive. By no stretching of the man, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So you don't get to the Father but through Jesus Christ. That's as, that's as exclusive as you get. You don't get any more narrow than that. You don't get any more narrow than one person. The only way to get to the Father is by Jesus Christ. You don't get any more narrow than that. And it'd be cool if we decided that the world didn't get to label our kids. That the world doesn't decide what our kids are. They don't decide when our kids uh, do what they do. They don't decide when our kids date. They don't decide when our kids. Uh, they don't decide when our kids are adults. That's a huge deal now. Man, it seems like every year. It seems like every year that the age that people allow kids to be adults goes down. Like, it, it, back in my day, I mean, you, you didn't know anything. You were like 25. Well, like, them old dudes I was raised around, like, everybody was dumb until they were like 25, 30 years old, especially males. Like, they didn't, like, they, you, nowadays, man, 16 years old, and, and, and we're letting people make all these grown-up decisions. It don't make no sense. But the pressure is on the church to conform to that society. And it's up to us to decide that we won't let anybody label us. I think for the most part, when we're labeled, we're labeled with the world. Well, most of the time, it is starting to, it creates... It creates an identity crisis in our own lives. We don't know who we identify with anymore because there's so many labels. Like we're we're and look, I mean, for whatever reason, we're we're letting kids make the decision at six and seven and eight years old that that they don't want to be males or females anymore. Like, that whole movement is so wicked and so out of hell, it's not even funny. There's nothing about it that's godly. Nothing. There's nothing about giving an eight-year-old the choice to be a male or female that's godly. Nothing. Don't ever let nobody tell you there is either. Why, why would you say that? Because God's called parents to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The identity crisis that we face in our country is individualized. 
We all we want to individualize everything. We want to make we want to make us all so individualized that we have our own identity. So we do whatever we're attracted. We say we can be attracted to whatever. We say we can feel like whatever, whatever we want to do. It's fine. Why? Because it's my own personal identity. What if we got back to the basics of identifying as being in Christ? Just a simple your identity. Being Jesus Christ. Not, 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 not Egyptian. Not, not Egyptian entertainment and Egyptian rules and Egyptian lifestyles and Egyptian morals which eventually develop an Egyptian conscience. That's, that's where we are. We've got, we've got more people with Egyptian consciences being raised in our home than we even realize. Why? Because we're letting Egypt raise them. We're letting phone, TikTok, we're letting Instagram, we're letting YouTube, we're letting them conform their opinions around Egyptian entertainment, Egyptian rules, lifestyles, morals, and eventually they will develop an Egyptian conscience and you will have a hard time bringing them back into an understanding of forsaking their Egyptian ways. The world's changing our church members. Some of the best are being changed alarming rate it reveals two things one of two things either they're weak to the draw of 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 the world's pleasures are you ready or they're in fact egyptians at heart moses knew he wasn't an egyptian so he wouldn't identify as being one he knew in his heart that he was not an egyptian Daniel, you, you can come play that thing if you would. <clears throat> America's been for the most part, has been turned on its head by its fathers. America's been, for the most part, has been turned upside down and, and turned, turned on its head by its own dads, by the people that claim to love the people they father in this world. Now, you don't have to believe that. You don't have to say amen right there, but it's true nonetheless. It doesn't matter who agrees or who don't. Why? Because the males, males have always been designated to be the leaders. We've said it here all the time. It doesn't subvert a woman's ability to, to be extremely, uh, extremely pri uh, prized possession. Because that's just, just not true. It's not true. Men, we, we have in America tried to in some way degrade women in a way to where they don't matter. And, and I, I don't know if you realize this or not. But, but that is absolutely anti-Bible too. God put a, put a high price tag on women. Being who they were, and, and ready? Men being who they were. Each one of them set in their own role to do their own thing. But they have to do their own thing and they have to be their own people for the thing to work. And, and, and for the most part, and thank God it's changed. Uh, it's changed around here. But for the most part, for years... 
even in this church, we had a lot more women doing a whole lot more than the men. Why do you think that is? Because Egypt's got a funny way of shifting the tide. Egypt's got a funny way of, of shifting the tide and, and, and taking everything, everything that, that God labeled and relabeling it. You see, Adam in Genesis 3 was supposed to be the leader, but he turned into a follower. The Bible, gave, the Bible gave Eve the fruit and Eve gave Adam the fruit. Adam had a choice. Adam's the only one that had a choice in this deal. And that sucker decided, let's just step out of my role. And I'm going to let Satan, I'm going to let Satan put a label on me that I don't really, that doesn't really fit me. It's going to mess the whole system up. It's just going to mess the whole system up. It's going to mess the whole thing up from here on out. And from here on out, we're going to be fighting for, for positions in our homes. We're going to be fighting over who's first. We're going to be fighting over who's right. We're going to be fighting over who's, whose rules are right for the kids. We're going to be fighting over this. We're going to be fighting. Listen, listen, guys, girls. <laughs> the world will label us if we let it. And it is of an utmost importance when we're forsaking Egypt that we realize what they want to do is they want to label us and they want us to be the people that they want us to be and fall in line. Why? Because it's always been this way. Didn't just start being this way. It's always been this way. There's three more and we, we won't. We'll get them next time. I don't know where you're at and this whole idea of forsaking Egypt. Here's what I do know. Some of us need a reminder. Because I ain't say nothing that most of us didn't know this morning. Right? Uh, Brother Kenny, Kenny Morgan says, if it ain't new, if it's new, it ain't true. If it's true, it ain't new. There ain't nothing new under the sun that I can say in this place. Most of you know it. But here's what I found. Most of us that do know it, we need to hear it one more time. Because it, it only takes a little bit for your house to get out of order. It only takes just a click for everything to get crazy. It only takes just a little seed sown in, a little seed of rebellion sown in your heart for it to get out of order. All it takes is a, is a little bit for you to quit believing God. And you're like, man, it would be way easier to go the way of the world. And you know what? It would be on you. It's way easier to let the world raise your kids and you do your own thing. Way easier. I, I, the worst thing for me is, is the fact that you constantly, constantly, constantly have to be the guard dog. Why? 
Because that's what God called me to be. God called me to be the guard dog. God called me to be the watchman. God called me to set and be the gatekeeper. God called me to be the gatekeeper of my own home. He called me to be the gatekeeper in our church. God called us to do that. And, and listen, every person in this room has been given that task. There ain't a mama in this room that shouldn't desire to keep her home. I mean, listen, it ought to be the greatest honor on the planet for, a, for every mother in this room. It ought to be the greatest desire on the planet for every grandmother in this room to keep her home. To be the guard at home. To be the guard that God called you to be. Why? Because Egypt wants you down. Egypt wants you gone. Egypt wants you mislabeled. Egypt wants you in a different place. Egypt wants you to do a different thing. Egypt wants you to focus on you. Egypt wants you, it wants you to focus on making sure all your needs are fulfilled. Egypt wants you to focus on making sure that you're number one. Right? Egypt wants you to focus on, on fitting into fitting into the culture fitting into this world society fitting into all the all the things that you need to fit into to feel accepted well here's the deal the only reason you don't feel accepted is because you really you really haven't found yourself in Jesus Christ alone I don't need to be accepted by a whole bunch of people you say man sounds like a miserable life Sounds like one that I lay down every single night of my life with a whole lot of peace in my heart. Because we hadn't decided to label our world would have us to be labeled. Now, you up for that? You up for you up for for doubling down on that? How many is up for doubling down on that? I know I am. Uh, just, just all, uh, just all over again. All right, Lord, we're gonna double down on this forsaken Egypt thing. Let's, let's get a little more serious. And we're not, hey, we're not gonna do it by flesh. We're not gonna do it with our flesh. We're not just gonna double down with the flesh. What are we gonna do? By faith. I'm gonna press in to Jesus Christ. I'm going to press into the Word of God. I'm going to press into the things God's called me to. I don't have to get, I don't have to, as, a, as, as, a, as I'm old timer, I don't have to get more better. i got to press in. How many understand that there ain't nothing you can do in your flesh to get this? You're going to have to press in to the Spirit of God. Say, God, work within me. Let's pray. Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for being good to us. Thank you for allowing us another time, Lord, that we get to gather around your word. Lord, I pray, uh, God, as, as we work through this thing uh, the next time, uh, God, we, God, I pray that you give us, give us what we need to be, to be sober about our decision in following Jesus Christ. God, it's a big deal, and we don't take it lightly. And so, God, I pray that you bless it. I pray, God, that you're honored by it. Lord, I, I pray for the one in here that's tinkering and, and messing around with, with Egypt, with the things of this world. God, there's, definite, there's a definite pull from the world and a play being made by Satan for a lot of people. For a lot of people that love Jesus Christ, 
that want to please him. They're being sidelined left and right by Satan. Somebody here, and Lord, if they die right now, they don't have, they don't have a, a perfect assurance, a complete assurance of their own salvation. Lord, not, not having come to the place to where they fully surrendered to Jesus Christ and they place their faith and their trust in you is their only sufficient source of salvation. Lord, I pray, I pray for that one. I pray, God, that you, for that person, Lord, that's unsure. Lord, I pray you convict their heart right now to show them their need, that they need to make that right with you. Lord, that they have not made peace with God. And because there is no peace with God, they just can't get settled. They just can't find a settling place. And so, God, I pray that you own heart. Lord, for those of us in this room, God, that's raising kids. Lord, for those of us in this room that's discipling people. God, it's imperative that we forsake the world every single day of our lives. It's imperative. Lord, thank you for the reminder. That by faith Noah, I mean, uh, that by faith Moses forsook Egypt. Lord, I pray that you bless what was said today. With every head bowed, never eye closed, I don't, I don't know. I, I figure I'd give you the opportunity, Brother Daniel. He'll sing a verse here in a minute. But I wonder, would would it be anybody say, "Man, I, I would like for you to just pray for me"? I, if I die right now. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have what you're talking about with that complete assurance. I don't have a peace in my heart about my own salvation. And so I, I just want you to pray for me. I don't want you to come to me. I don't want you to mess with me. I just want you to pray for me. Just slide your hand up. Just long enough for me to see it. And you can slide it right back down. All right. I see that one. All right. I see that one. Now there's... There's one or two things that can happen in this whole process. One, the, the option A is, is you get up and walk out. You get up and walk out just like you came in. And you leave in the same shape that you came in. But in my heart, I know that's not what you desire. I know that's not what you want to do. I know you don't want to leave another church service wondering, thinking about it question it within your mind I know I know you don't want to do that so so I'm going to give you an opportunity and I want you to take your opportunity serious if Jesus would save you today and, you, and give you perfect peace and give you complete assurance of your salvation would you, would you come? Would you come? Would you, t would you get out of your seat? If, if that was a fact, and, and I want to say it is a fact that Jesus can and will do that. But would you, would you, would you get out of your seat and, and maybe you come down here and, and you let me take a Bible, you, 
as Candace is here, she, she, somebody take a Bible and show you what it means to have complete and perfect peace. That's your, that's your option B. Option A is to walk out and still not have any peace. Option B is, is to is when Brother Daniel starts singing for you just to get up from where you are. It's a hard step to take. It's never been easy for anybody. But it's way easier than walking out those doors and never having made this right. Maybe you're in here and you're struggling with that forsaking the world thing. Maybe you just want to you want to get these altars. You want to do what you want to do. You got some things on your own heart. Man, whatever you do, make it unto the Lord today. Brother Daniel's going to sing. Here, here's what I want to do. If you're in here and you need, you, you don't have complete assurance, you don't have perfect peace, I'm begging you, don't, don't take option A. Just get up from where you are. You, hit, you take one step and God will take the rest for you. Brother Daniel, when Daniel sings, you just, you do your thing. I want you, let's do this. Why don't we just stand all over the room? Won't you just stand? Brother Daniel's going to sing a verse. If you would, you just take your time. You make your way this way. I'll take a Bible and I'll show you. Miss Candace, take a Bible and she can show you what it, what it means to have perfect peace. I'm keeping Jesus at a distance. Afraid to let him get too close. You need to come. Come on. To the two lives I've been living as if he couldn't see them both. Close enough to feel the warmth of the fire. Far enough away from me to hide But I'm tired of walking the wire Between the darkness and the light No more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back road Of some Sunday morning faith Holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Come and change every part of me Lord Whatever would be Whatever be the thing It would keep anybody from coming. God, there's so many different things. Lord, some of them are embarrassment. Some of it's just straight pride, rebellious pride. God, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you break down all those walls. God, I pray that you work in such a way, Lord, even after service. Lord, you can bring you can bring them to a place of repentance where they'll get honest before you. God, they'll, they'll want to trust you wholly as their Savior. 
God, I pray for every single person in this room. Lord, I pray that none of us walk out of here today without having done what we needed to do. Lord, I love you and thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, have a